0: Hi, I'm Jessica. And I'm Yuritza. And we're two startup co-founders and daughters of immigrants. Welcome
1: to Bilingualish, a podcast for immigrant kids in America. Today we're
0: talking about being oldest daughters and dealing with everything in our families. I think for me, you know, I'm the oldest daughter because I'm the only
1: daughter and only <laughs> child. Um, but you're a you're the kind of oldest of three, right? Yeah, so there's uh, my sister who's about a year younger and then my brother who's a whopping nine years younger. So there's quite a difference there.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I think, I mean, we're from two pretty different cultures on paper, but um, I know you and I have talked about kind of, uh, you know, expectations and family dynamics and like who's kind of in charge of what. And I think it's, you know, really interesting to me um, to talk about these things because I think there's obviously individual family dynamics at play, but also things that feel a little bit cultural. Um, Like I know for me, uh, the story that my parents have told me is, you know, when my mom got her sonogram and found out she was having a girl, my dad stormed out and insisted that there might be a mistake. So my Childhood bedroom was actually decorated blue oh just in case <laughs> the <laughs> technology was not correct. Um, I hate to inform you all and hate to inform my father that they <laughs> got it right. I am <laughs> a girl. I am I am a woman. And so it's always been something that um I've noticed in my own family, and you know, this idea of you know what is the place of a daughter versus a son you know it's something that felt very very cultural and something that you know always surprised me considering that my parents seem progressive in some other respects in life
1: yeah i'm actually really curious to dig into that because for me i was told that my parents did want a girl as the first child um but the second had to be a boy and i really do think it's because i actually saw <laughs> I think this was a TikTok where it was like you a uh, daughter you have for life, a son you have until he finds his wife. And I think that's Ooh. why my parents, yeah, I think that's why my parents Uh, were probably happy that they had a girl first because it is that like, you know, you have someone to help around the house and for to basically, for lack of better terms, it's being the like third parent to any subsequent siblings. And that's. Definitely the role I played. I um, My brother probably doesn't remember this, but when I was uh, – when he was younger, again, there's this nine-year difference. Like, he used to, like – I don't know if it was jokingly, but, like, call me mom sometimes. Um, <laughs> now that he's, like, 19, I don't think he's very amused by that, but – or, like, would, would admit to it. But I – it definitely felt like at times I was playing that role – and I do think that's why my parents were okay with the first child being a girl. Hmm, yeah.
0: It's so, most of my mom's close friends actually all had sons. She, hmm. um, it's very bizarre. She's like, well, how did this even happen? Like, what were they all drinking? Like, why did I <laughs> end up with the only girl? Um, but, you know, now that we're all older and, you know, many people have started getting married and you know starting their own families. Um, my mom's friends always like to remind her that she's very lucky she has a daughter because uh, daughters help out more <laughs> and don't just leave the nest and fly off, um, at least from the cultural expectation. Um, that's what I've been told. But I think my dad... Uh, my mom's always, you know, liked having a girl. She she jokes that if she had a son, she wouldn't know what to do because she comes from a family of all, you know, daughters as well. Uh, but my dad, I think to this day, probably <laughs> has some thoughts um, that are probably unresolved. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, also hearing from my grandparents about what they think. Like, you know, my grandma um, was very proud. Um, When I got into Harvard, I like to say my whole family is very proud. But then she told me, you know, don't work too hard in college. Um, You know, you'll want to get married pretty soon thereafter. And like, you don't need more education after that. And I always thought that was so funny because my grandma actually went to college and like, This is, like, in the, like, I don't like, 1940s in China. That's, like, pretty absurd, obviously, from a very privileged family um, at the time. But I'm just like, you're an educated woman, too. (laughs) Like, um, and so that's my dad's side of the family. They're very traditional when it comes to the the kind of the gender norms uh, element of it. And I think my mom's side of the family has been a really, you know, great balancing force where I think, you know, because my mom... You know her you know, sisters are you know, um, you know also very independent. Like I think it's been something where you know women doing things, women having careers, having ambitions, having aspirations. That's not out of the question. But yeah, these were definitely very interesting conversations to observe growing up, and also you know noticing what I chose to keep in terms of values mm-hmm. and what I chose to discard very quickly um, has been, you know, an interesting thing now to, like, think about in hindsight.
1: Yeah, I, I the first thing that came to mind as you were saying all that, especially the story around your grandmother, is for me, as I was thinking about this topic, it's, like, so much of what our parents came to the States for when they say, like, it's for... Art, like my art Children's Advancement, it, it feels at odds with their expectations of women and for women. Um, I remember this one time where uh, I think I was trying to, like, teach my brother how to do the dishes. And this was back during the days where, like, he was very excited to learn and was like, I want to do what my sisters do. Um, and my dad was like, no, that's that's for girls. And I just remember, like, At that teenage age, just pausing and asking him like, and this was like, I mean, I was like scared to challenge my dad, but I I just was like, wait, like, you tell me that I'm smart and that you want me to go to college and like accomplish like the things that I want to be able to do for myself. But like, what do you think happens when I get married to a man? (laughs) Like (laughs) how much of this is at odds with like their expectations for us to like accomplish and to live out? basically their dreams in, in a way and then also like being women and what that means for us once we like build our own families.
0: Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, what responsibilities do you feel like you have like now as you think about your role in the family, even if you live kind of furthest away from your immediate family?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I just – I think based on like our last episode when we were talking about what it means for our parents to get older, I just know that this a lot of this is going to fall on me because having grown like grown growing up, being the eldest, even though my sister was just a year younger, a lot of it did fall on me. There was it was just interesting looking back about like the experience of being the eldest daughter and having a sister who was like very close in age. And yet having so much of it fall on me, there was like zero distribution of labor there. Um, And I don't know what that means for for the future, especially since, like you mentioned, I am the furthest away from home.
0: Yeah, yeah. And has this come up when you talk to like your friends who are also like Latina?
1: Yeah, I... Definitely. I mean, anyone who who's the eldest daughter has always seen herself like herself as um, not only being responsible for her siblings in well into their own adulthoods. Like their siblings adulthood is like you being that other parent, especially as the one who has like navigated a lot of the things that they're navigating, whereas your parents may not may not have. Um, so it goes beyond just that, like. I'm your eldest sibling, kind of like mentorship role. It feel, It's a feeling of responsibility over your siblings. But definitely also, yeah, for your parents, even as oftentimes like our relationships with our parents can be contentious because we may disagree on a lot of things. A lot of that has to be put aside by the eldest daughters. Um, and yeah, just, just so you can actually like be able to step in in a way that you... Maybe reluctant to, or maybe you just, it, it has, it alters your life or makes you have to make sacrifices in a way that, I don't know, maybe we just didn't expect before because we, it just was so different when we lived at home and it felt like there was no option. (laughs)
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it reminds me of this tweet that I think you were the one who showed me it about how like America needs to thank the oldest daughters for getting folks vaccinated. And especially back when it was like helping people sign up, reminding people, doing some of this education work of like why it's important. Like, I think these were conversations that many um, kind of folks in your shoes were having.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. Like for me, I I was still up until a couple weeks ago trying to convince my, my mom to get the booster. And again, my, my two siblings are at home. I'm like, why aren't you all nagging her? And I, I think it just, I don't think they mean to like not dump it on me, but I don't think they mean to, I don't think they even understand what it means to bear the brunt of this because they've never had to. And I, I don't think they're intentionally letting me deal with it by myself. It just is so unfamiliar to them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: And, I mean, how do you think about how this relates to, um, like, you know, you've alluded to you know what it means when you want to start a family and, like, you know, if you have children, if you have a daughter, like, how do you think about that? Because I I think um, one thing that I've been thinking about is it's like some of the things um, that I feel as responsibilities have, you know, come to me either because of family dynamics or cultural reasons, and some of it kind of sticks. Um, and some yeah. of them are just generally for society, right? Like there's a reason why women are predominantly the caregiver of children and elders. There's a reason why um, I mean, you and I do a lot of work with health coaches like most health coaches are women. Like, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, like, how you think about that and what it means for the future and what it means for, like, you know, if we start thinking about, like, how we want to raise daughters and expectations there.
1: Yeah, this is, like, th- this is actually something I think about very regularly because it's funny. I- I'm curious uh, if you're open to sharing just, like, how this pans out in your own relationship, but my mom uh, – she- She has visited a couple of times and has seen that my partner, my male partner, will bring me like breakfast or make me coffee. And every single time I call home, she is just like raving about her son-in-law who like makes me coffee, (laughs) which (laughs) I'm very grateful for. But I I just think like, yeah, I, I think she is very curious, I will say, about the dynamic of my own relationship where it's much more balanced in a way and I'm very interested in seeing how that pans out as like once we grow our family like and also how my mom will see that I think there's going to be a lot of like relearning probably for her of like what does parenting dynamics look like and I think there will be some discomfort there where she I think she expects me to be like the primary parent and i don't know how she thinks about that for what it means for my career what it means for like distribution of labor um yeah and then i'm curious for you like how has that panned out
0: yeah i mean i think it's still very much an ongoing discussion i think similar (laughs) to you um like yeah, i have a partner who will cook and you know actually probably cooks better than I do (laughs) and so that's been um interesting uh in terms of conversations with both sets of parents and uh reminds me of something that my dad was actually telling me recently where he was basically saying hey Jessica like uh Uh, make sure that you like figure out what you're doing with your business before you get married. Because basically he's seen what my schedule and what my life is like as a startup founder. And he's like, no one wants that in a housewife, I think Mm. is kind of reading between the lines. And I'm just sort of like, cool, cool. Thanks, dad. Like, (laughs) I mean, to be fair, like, I'd love to figure out (laughs) this further (laughs) in a short order and, you know, um, have all that squared away. But I think it was something interesting because i think my dad very much has a notion still of uh you know what expectations are for women as caregivers and um he's half jokingly slash not jokingly told me on no uncertain terms that i would make a terrible housewife and (laughs) i was like yeah yeah um sorry about that, but I guess that's just not where my strengths lie. (laughs) Um, So we'll see. I mean, I I joke about all this, but like I, um, (laughs) as I tell my parents, I have also sustained myself as a full fledged adult um, for many years now. So I'd like to imagine I know how to be, you know, quote unquote like domestic because you know I clean up after myself and I cook for myself too um but anyways it's just been very interesting thinking about those dynamics and um thinking about what that means in terms of like how that will play out for my parents as they get older because I think um for you know my dad for the most part uh the caregiving for my grandparents on that side of the family have fallen on my aunts. Mm-hmm. Um, some, you know, co- contributions from the uh, uncles and you know ma- my dad as well. But like predominantly, my my aunt has done a lot of the work. And so I'm an only child, so you know I don't get to <laughs> punt it to anyone else. <laughs> but like, you know, what's the expectation? Because um, I certainly. Uh, don't really know what to expect. Uh, and my parents like to sometimes relegate some of my notions around gender to being westernized. Um, mm. even though I really think it's not about Western culture, it's really about the modernization yeah. <laughs> and like women's liberation, which I you know I think has happened across the globe hope in many different regions, not just in the US. but
1: anyways, that's my little spiel on that. Yeah, I I think now that you mentioned that, I would love to loop us back to piece of, a piece of your question that I didn't quite get to was that piece around how do you envision this playing out if you do have a daughter in the future? And how much of, if this is cultural, how much of this piece of the culture do you honor, do you keep? And what parts of it, like, does it feel like a betrayal in certain ways if you don't pass along certain cultural expectations
0: mm. yeah I mean and it's so funny because my mom is always shocked whenever I tell her that like the patriarchy also exists in American culture like she just assumes it's like much more of like an eastern thing <laughs> where like um there's like this phrase in Chinese it's "zhongnan chingnui in Mandarin and it's Basically, directly translates to like putting more weight on men and putting less weight on women. And that's like just like a very common phrase to kind of use to describe some of these values. And so my mom's like, Oh, yeah, I thought only like, you know, Chinese people or, you know, people from the like you know, Eastern world believed in that. I didn't realize like that happened in America. And so I made her watch the like Ruth Bader Ginsburg documentary to mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like educate her a little bit on American history. But um, yeah, I mean, I think for me, it's going to be a process and i think i'm inspired by the fact that like there have been strong women in my family who have you know still you know made their family really amazing and warm and you know been able to provide care for their family while also making sure that they have a life outside and they have ambitions and aspirations outside so that's what i hope for myself and i hope certainly for the future generation and, you know, <laughs> if I do have a daughter, like, you know, having something like that. But I think inevitably um, some of this stuff is so cultural um, mm-hmm. that it's not going to be fixed in one or two generations. And, you know, I think we've heard a lot about how there's the sandwich generation right now where you know, a whole generation of people are feeling the burden on both sides, their young children and their older loved ones. And, you know, that's not something I'm exactly looking forward to, um, especially with these layers on, you know, what is the cultural expectation? If I don't do things as my parents expect, is there going to be a really hard conversation about mm-hmm. filial piety and why I'm not good enough? Um so yeah, I mean that's um something that I try not to think about cuz it freaks yeah. me out. <laughs> but it's it's definitely something to think about for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean,
1: I'm curious, do you and your sister talk about this? Oh no. I It's interesting. I don't know why. It's just like a conversation that we don't have. I I'm even surprised that I don't think there's been very much acknowledgement from either of my siblings of, like, what it has meant for me to be the eldest child. Um, Or I don't know if we just see it as, like, normal or, yeah. I I don't think we've actually had these conversations or even, like, what it means for us to have, like, daughters in the future. I think when we were younger um, and we would see the, like, times where my dad would May like try to stop my brother from like helping out around the house in certain ways. I mean, we would certainly complain to each other um, and like talk about how it was unfair and like uh, how it didn't make sense. But beyond that, I don't, yeah, I I do think it's one of those things that we don't actively experience day to day. I am terrified (laughs) of what this, like what actually having a conversation because we have to looks like in the future when it, we have to be much more active in the support we provide our parents.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a good conversation, a longer conversation to have, which is like, how do you have these tough conversations with your family, both with kind of your siblings and kind of folks who are kind of, you know, fellow supporters, but also with You know your parents and kind of the broader family and older generation too
1: yeah yeah this reminds me of just something that i've been thinking about recently is how do you establish boundaries and like establish your own expectations of what like even through these conversations of like what what does the future look like in terms of the way that you're involved or Even those conversations of, like, how do we show up for our own kids in the future? And how do we expect our parents to behave? Um, And it feels like because of the culture piece, oftentimes, like, even thinking about establishing those boundaries feels like a betrayal. Yep. Yep.
0: Boundaries... Not totally a word I know how to say in Mandarin, (laughs) both literally and very, very figuratively. Um, Well, I mean, with that, like maybe it's time to get back to lingo health and our day jobs.
1: Yeah, I with that, we'll take it to a close. And thanks again for listening to us. And we would love it if you could share this with a friend and continue supporting us.
0: And as always, if you're curious for more, check us out
1: at bilingualish.com for our blog content. And stay tuned next week for more on bilingualish.